Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. a Friday, five minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, still to come this hour. Momentarily, we will uh, talk more college football. Looking forward to doing just that. Uh, Pete Futek is going to join us. And then Tom Kicker from HawkeyeReport.com. Pete writes at CollegeFootballNews.com. Let's go right to him, Trent Condon, shall we? Mm -hmm. Lots of ground to cover with Pete. Hello, Pete Futek. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hello, Trent Condon and Ken Miller. How have you guys been? Well, we've been better after the announcement Wednesday, and it got worse yesterday. What's today going to bring? Um, you know, that. Uh, what is today going to bring, Pete? Don't you think that uh, the Power Five conferences, uh, Trent told me that the SEC is actually meeting in person early next week. It seems like the Pac-12 is ready to go to a conference-only slate, ACC was rumored to, and then they said, yeah, maybe you know, tap the brakes on that yet. We haven't fully made up our minds. What's coming next? Are we going to see all these Power Five conferences go to this? Or might the SEC, for instance, you know, say, we're going to wait as long as we possibly can before we have to make that decision? Yeah, I'd actually start by pushing back on the idea that yesterday was bad. Uh, it's actually a necessary step. No, I agree with that point. I, I totally agree with you that it's better to do uh, it this way. Yeah, because, like, look, there's no chance. I mean, the, the problem with college football, as opposed to, like, the NFL or any of, you know, the other pro sports, is you don't have a centralized command. Right. It's not really the NCAA's role. There's no Roger Goodell. There's no players' union. There's no collective bargaining agreement. It, it's everyone kind of flying by the seat of their pants. The NCAA is just kind of there to provide general guidelines for other stuff. But it can't really oversee 130 FBS schools in different states with completely different situations. So right now, what the case may be in Texas or Arizona or some of these other SEC places isn't the same as it is in Indiana, where, look, Notre Dame, just 131 players tested. They're all negative. The entire Indiana athletic department tested negative. Michigan just tested all negative. So it's not going to be everything everywhere. So the positive about this is it's what the commissioners are doing in conferences is, is like, look, this isn't permanent. This isn't going to be for forever. We're only talking like a three-month college football regular season. And they're trying to grasp as much control as they can possibly can. And if they can, one, not have to pay the non-conference teams because they're not going to have fans in the stands. Two, kind of come up with their own sort of regulations and guidelines and protocols that they know that they, okay, if a pair test positive, we're going to do this. This is the way they're going to do it. And three, they can have much more flexibility with their schedule. So a 10-game Big Ten schedule, you front-load it with a lot of uh, open dates at the end just in case you need to move some stuff around in November. So, again, in, in terms of just getting a product on the field, I think yesterday was actually a positive. Going to get football, and it sounds like the Big Ten's plan is, you mentioned front-loading the schedule with some flexibility on the back end, but also front-loading it with those division rivalries. So Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern, towards the front end of the schedule, and then the crossovers, whatever they may be. 
will be towards the back. You like that idea of getting those divisional games, and, and if you're going to make sure you're going to get them, getting those out there out front and maybe even starting it there that last weekend in August to get it jump-started as quickly as possible. Yeah, it, you can, if you've got a 10-game schedule, you can spread it out over you know 14 to 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. So you can have it like the equivalent of you know, the English Premier League's got their water breaks now. You've got, right. you got yeah. built-in yeah. more breaks in the season. Just say, hey, look, we're going to you know, maybe even figure out a way where in the second half of the season you've got everyone playing every two weeks or something. Just some way to do this where you can have as much flexibility as possible because, again, you don't know. Like, you know, Indiana and Wisconsin are supposed to start the season kicking off against each other. Excuse me. If both teams are fine, okay, get up and go. You know, but if Ohio State isn't fine, okay, then maybe you figure out how to wait two weeks. But, again, flexibility is going to be the key. And the other thing to remember is the idea of the home game isn't going to necessarily matter. Right. It matters that the teams got to travel, but you're not going to have 100,000 people in Michigan Stadium. So uh, it's going to be kind of funky how they can kind of figure out how to do this. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, I've seen a couple of people talked about this, that if there, you know, if there is a need to try and recoup some of the money that may be, uh, may, may be lost because of the reduced schedule, and certainly uh, makes sense that, that that pot of money won't be as big if that's uh, if they can only play um, you know, fewer games, that maybe this is the year to, instead of waiting to 2025 until we can expand the playoff, the television contracts are up, maybe we expand the playoff this year uh, because of the circumstances, say, hey, look, this is a way that ESPN's willing to write that check. They weren't going to do it if we only had three playoff games. But if we expand it, maybe we'll get all of that money. And it's $475 million for the playoff. And I think the Power Fives get roughly 360 of that $475 million. Might this be a year? Might this be the impetus behind expanding the playoff sooner than 2025? No chance. Uh, they're just, it's too, it's hard enough to try to figure out how to do this, much less you're not going to have fans in the stands for the, uh, the playoffs anyway, most likely. And the logistics of creating an extra game and other logistics involved are going to be too hard. They've already kind of said it's going to be business as usual. And then the other harsh reality of this is at the end of the day, the four teams that might be playing college football are the three service academies and Liberty. There's your college football playoff. So it, to to expand it further, I'd love to see it, and I think it's it makes sense, especially if you have all five uh, Power Five conferences doing their own thing. You just say, hey, look, we're going to take all five Power Five conference champions, have a sixth uh, wild card in some way, uh, have you know, two two early games, and then go on from there. It, it's just right now, it's just maybe along the way they can kind of figure that out. But again, we're talking one year. And yet, when it comes to recouping the money, remember, football's fine. Football's fine. Basketball's fine. It's all the non-revenue sports that are going to get crushed in all this. So I don't think you're going to see that many drastic changes if they do anything. Uh, if, if they're actually figuring out how to play on the field first. And look, we need sports to kind of go. It's kind of a bad look overall that baseball and basketball aren't playing yet. I think once they get going... The idea of sports playing, being play, team sports going in the United States is going to seem a little more, okay, maybe this can work. But right now, it's still such an abstract concept, and football is so logistically harder than, football, or than basketball or baseball. So I think first, let's give it a – they don't have time, 
But if it's possible to give this another two weeks just to kind of get other sports going, then they can kind of see how it's operating, how it's all kind of working from there. Yeah, optics are, are certainly a big part of that, and certainly when we're talking about college athletes, what the optics look at in that avenue. You know, Pete, there's a lot of people out there that are pushing and think that we're going to see football move back, college football move back to the spring. Now, I always first ask, what does spring mean? Does that mean just starting in the second semester? Look, we're not playing yep. football here in Iowa in January and February, at least uh, not going to look very good in doing it. What does that look like? And secondly, people also say, so there might be a vaccine at that point. There might be or there might not be a vaccine at that point. We still don't know. It seems to be pushing it back without having an answer to the question. Does it make sense? Your takeaway from the possibility of spring football. Well, get the vaccine idea out because, like you said, that it, it look, if it happens, awesome. Let's yeah. go. But even if there is a vaccine available, it's, no one's saying it's going to be readily available or tested or all that. All the logistics for regular society aren't even going to be there yet. So uh, just count that out. So what's the main difference? And this is kind of my issue. Look, you know, powers of being college football. You had four months. You had, I mean, everyone kind of knows what you have to do. The only way you can make this kind of work is to take all the players and coaches, have rampant testing, and then lock them all down from there. Anything other than that, it's not going to work. You're going to have outbreaks. You're going to have a couple players getting it here and there, and things are going to shut down. So if you don't want to do that, so what's going to change between now and the spring that would actually be kind of a, a, a change in an X factor in all this? One would be possibly better and faster testing. There's you know more talk of you know that coming in, and that would actually be a game changer. And two, you might have a different presidential administration, which not to get political in any way, but all of a sudden you could have a, a different set of guidelines and rules to follow and different protocols that might be more coherent uh, since there really isn't one on a federal scale right now. So other than that, nothing really changes uh, when it comes to what, what they can come up with now as opposed to what they can come up with for five months from now. What uh, do we, Should we even think about bowl games this year? You know what? I actually think that's actually not as hard as it might seem. Remember, nobody goes to bowl games anyway. <laughs> it's, it's not like those pet stands are packed, except for obviously the Rose Bowl, you know, the big ones we all kind of know about, and everyone wants to go to the you know, college football playoff games. But it's not like the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl was you know, getting uh, inundated with ticket requests. So the problem for the bowl games, though, is they make their money, part of their money, off of forcing schools to buy up tickets, yeah. whether it's like you know, a 15,000 ticket request mm-hmm. limit or whatever, and the schools have to pay that. Well, that ain't happening. So if the Bulls can survive, uh, okay, maybe. ESPN, to your point of the college football playoff side, they own all these bowl games, pretty much all these bowl games. So they're going to want these things to go on to have a product on TV. So if there is college football, the idea of taking two teams, flying them in, and having them play in front of an empty stadium, not exactly a new concept when it comes to bowl games. So I actually think you can actually make these work. Pete Futek joining us, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, a lot of questions about Notre Dame. The ACC has already said that they're going to come out and help them fill out their schedule in whatever capacity that turns out to be and what they're going to need. Speaking of change, is this maybe leading down the direction, finally Notre Dame giving up their football independence or until they're literally forced to do it, they're going to keep that independence? How do you see it? 
Yeah, no, there, there's no reason. I mean, I was I was laughing at Twitter yesterday. Oh, look at look at Notre Dame. They're going to have to figure out how to find football games to play. And home and home with ACC. New Mexico State. Exactly. <laughs> Who's gonna, my gosh, we're going to have to. That's when the ACC should hold them hostage. No, that, it's not how this works. It's Notre Dame, right? You know, they they just print money, they, and it's the ACC does is doing everything it can to keep Notre Dame happy with this friends with benefits relationship that they have. So. <laughs> As is, there's already six games uh, with the ACC locked in, so that's easy. Uh, ACC came out yesterday and said they're not starting fall sports until September 1st. Well, the Northern game with Navy is supposed to be, I believe, August 29th. So you can still have that. You can still have the Western Michigan game because the MAC will take anything it can get, especially against Notre Dame. And then everyone else, you know, even with the uh, game against Wisconsin and Lambeau canceled, Everyone else is going to want Notre Dame for the TV money because there's no fans in the stands. That's TV revenue. So BYU is an easy fix for one of these games if the Pac-12 games are off when it comes to the Irish. Uh, and then there's a date in the middle there that uh, Virginia and Syracuse uh, have off, and neither one of them are already on the Irish schedule. So one of them can fit in there. So you can easily get the 10 games with Notre Dame. And, again, throw a New Mexico State in there if you want. Throw a UMass in there if you want. They can get to 12 games and not even blank. Uh, what's the date in your mind that uh, we'll see schedules? I mean, we know that the, what the Big Ten is doing. We think we know what the, uh, the Pac-12 is doing. Do you think by, say, August 1st uh, that these conferences are going to have to at least put their plans on paper and share them with us as to how they're going to go forward this year? Is there a date in the your mind? Yeah, you know what? The, the difference is going to be, like, normally you would have to need schedules in advance because just the sheer logistics, the travel, everything like that. But also for tickets is where college football really wants to put out the ticket uh, the schedules in advance. And if tickets aren't a factor in this, and they can't really be at this point, because no. you know at best, even at the NFL level, what the Baltimore Ravens just said, you know, we can have maybe fourteen thousand people mm-hmm. in the stands and do this right. But the idea of fans in the stands for team sports is not happening for twenty twenty. So. If you take that out of the equation, you don't really need to come up with a schedule until late as long as you can kind of know that, okay, we know the the basic structure of this, but if they do decide to change around November dates and push them up till September, then, yeah, then you really do have to start to figure this out a little bit faster just to know what's going to happen. And the other problem here is the colleges themselves. And I've always kind of said I think the idea of no students on campus is a positive for college sports because you don't have as many people around to keep the virus going. But, look, the colleges are waiting as long as possible because they're trying to get that tuition money to come in full before they announce that all these colleges are going to go online only. So they're going to wait that one out as well. And how is that going to look if you've scheduled all your September games in September and there's not going to be any students on campus as is? Again, I think it's a plus. But that seems to be a barrier for a lot of places. Uh, Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate your positivity, and uh, we will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Anytime, guys. We'll talk college football. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to doing it. Thank you, Pete. Have a good weekend. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Always enjoy our conversations I, with Pete. I do, too. So what do you think capacity is going to be this year? We know that Pollard capped it at 30. Yeah. What did Barta do? He, he came. He, it was basically 40,000 of the 70,000. 40 of the 70? Yeah. What's the likelihood that either of those two schools get close to that? I saw uh, 
as, as you mentioned, the the Ravens said fourteen thousand mm-hmm. at most. Yep. Jacksonville just announced twenty five percent of capacity, which is a normal Sunday in Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> Does that include with the tarp? With cover? the tarp, yeah, really. Um, do you think thirty? As we sit here today, July the tenth, first game of the year. We'll just say, will there be South Dakota State comes to South Dakota? South Dakota, the Coyotes, uh, not the Jackrabbits. Right. South Dakota comes to Jack Trice. 30,000? What's more likely? Fans allowed in or not allowed? I think that's I the think question. Not allowed. I, I think that's where mm-hmm. we're trying to. That's two months away. I know. I know. What do we look like in two months? We'll know in two weeks, right? Well, we'll Back see. Back to the two weeks again. Back to the two-week thing. Uh, Tom Caker coming up next. We will get inside the Hawks with Tom Caker. So the consensus seems to be front-loading the schedules in the Big Ten. Yeah, I read that last night that they're going to front-load it and also front-load it with your division games first. I like that idea. So we might be opening up the season with... Iowa, Nebraska. Well, Nebraska's get got it. Purdue week one. Oh, so that, well, but they're going to have to reconfigure the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because what, Iowa plays Minnesota in no, week we three. We speculated yesterday that somewhere in a boardroom, in the yes. they are working on their new schedule. Yes. Um, and they're when going will we get it? I, I, I and I wonder Kevin if it's Warren. completely blown up, where the crossovers that you had before, yes, they have, we, we have to redo point. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So for Iowa, your three cro- crossovers of Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah, it's a great point. It might look completely different. you got to figure out all the logistics into it. Cut down and travel, I'm sure, as much as possible is also going to be a piece. Purdue, well, they are the furthest team in the west to the east. Do they go then Rutgers-Maryland? And Nebraska being the furthest west team, do you have the teams coming back the other way? The Michigan, Michigan State. It's you got a whole new mm-hmm. set of factors that mm-hmm. you have to put in the travel component that goes into it. So I would guess the schedule that we see is going to look a lot different with the crossovers. That's just not as simple as adding one extra game. Here's one more question before we go to break for you: Where's the Cyhawk game played next year? <laughs> That's a Gary Barta, Jamie Pollard question. I right? think it's Ames. On the surface, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be in Ames next year. Yeah. that uh, And that can get contentious. And this relationship after mm-hmm. what happened last year. Right. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if this is well, going to be. Well, when's many, that contract through 2025? I'm not sure they or did extended they do, it. Or did they do another extension to that? Um, how many, when, when this when this series resumed in the late 70s, was it 77 or 76? 77, yeah. 77. When it resumed, wasn't there a consecutive streak? The game was played in Iowa City for like first four, four, years. four years. Yep. So this isn't out of the norm that a team gets to host it twice. But the reason that happened is because Iowa Stadium at the time was a whole lot bigger. And in order mm-hmm. to come to that agreement, that was part of the parameters mm-hmm. that were there. Through 2025 is all I see right now for the future of that contract. I think the game's played names next year. I think you're probably right. Also think of the way that both teams have it set up. The years that... Iowa State has five games on the road in the Big 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get that game at home. Same thing for Iowa, the way that the conference schedule is set up. Do they have to go back to their conferences? Does Iowa have to go back? If Iowa State says, you know what, we... You didn't get the game. We will do that. We'll do it for the betterment of the state. And with it, hey, let's sign another you know six year deal, something like that. Maybe it'd be a part. Yeah, that that could be too to extend the series yeah. and, and the back and Give forth. Give me that carrot. Yep. Yeah. In order to to get that game and remain on the schedule. There's a lot of fans. I think more so. 
uh, fans of the black and gold that are glad that this game is not happening this year. Let's. Uh, this is a great, uh, great reason for it to end this game. Why do people want to end this game? They want to end this game because they look. They want at a it, different opponent. That and there's no flexibility now in the non-conference with nine conference games. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have to have two every year, and you have the locked in Iowa State game on the road every other season. There's no flexibility in the schedule. There's no more scheduling games. It's the biggest game in the state. It is, and it's not even close. But. The argument is, what does Iowa gain on the national perspective by playing this game? In the state, yes, but on the national scale. Now, has a loss to Iowa State ever kept them away from anything? No, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Even in 2002, mm-hmm. they were not jumping only loss. Ohio State. Right. If they would have played Ohio State, I've told you before, I maintain they would have beat that Buckeye team mm-hmm. in early December, but that didn't happen. So nothing has ever it hasn't kept them out of a bowl game because of that game. But you want to build the program, you want to do it a different way, you want to have that flexibility to finally be able to schedule a game against Notre Dame, you don't have that now. Play a home-and-home home with Arizona State, Arizona again, Pitt, Syracuse, play Tennessee in a well, kickoff classic. you could classic. play them. You could, but then you're taking away another home game. Mm-hmm. For one year, now if you're playing home-and-home. Home. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't I, – I don't see I – don't, I don't get the – we got to end the series. I like, I like variety. I like variety. Yeah, it's the biggest game in the state. I've maintained four years on, two off. Four years on, two off. Not me. Play it every <laughs> damn year. Uh, we'll come back. Tom Caker will join us next. Uh, as we take you up until noon, before we get to our break, though, we've got to tell you about KXNO and iHeart and how badly we want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword HOME to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's HOME to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Tom Caker next. Miller and Condon until noon. 1460 KXNO. 106- Free. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Tom Caker at Real quick, Buster Posey has opted out of the year. Buster Posey, catcher for the Giants, uh, is not going to play. He joins the list of players opting out of MLB in 2020. Tom Caker uh, joining us on the program. Tom Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Caker. How are you? I'm I'm good, and I'm not opting out of anything. No, you so. didn't opt out of appearing with us, and we're grateful, and we're better for it. So thank you, Tom Caker. <laughs> uh, Tom, uh, as we know, we heard the uh, announcement yesterday, Kevin Warren proacting instead of reacting. Got to appreciate that in a uh, in an authority figure, and he certainly is that, uh, as he bides his time before he becomes the commissioner of the National Football League, but we'll save that for another day. Um Apparently, uh, they're going to front load the schedule, the Big Ten is, and conference or division games, first of all. Early in the season, you'll get the Big Ten West uh, matchups out of the way. Is that what you're hearing, Tom? That's what, uh, that's just based on what Adam Rittenberg said. So, are we ready to have uh, Michigan and Ohio State in the middle of October? Is that what we're talking about now? Maybe so. earlier. Yeah, maybe September. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, you know, Iowa-Nebraska in September would be fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they want to just get those games in as much as possible. And I'm just hoping we get any football <laughs> right. at this point. Yeah. I'll take anything at this point uh, that they can give us. A 10-game season, fine with me. Uh, it's 
going to be perfectly good. So the conference-only games, of course, there there are plenty of you and I fans disappointed about it and looking at the balance sheet. It it is incredibly difficult for the Panthers figuring out what that athletic department's going to do. No Iowa State game this year. Because of that, you know, a lot of people have asked me why. We talked about this at the top of the program today. It's because the Big Ten has control and because we don't have the power from the NCAA. It becomes from the conference only. What do you believe, Kevin Warren, what works and parameters they're going to put in place to try to make this as safe as possible for these 14 conference teams? Yeah, I think they, they've, they just don't want to bring in, you know, every conference seems to be doing something different. And I think the Big Ten is going to have some pretty firm protocols in place um, for testing and, and, and player safety and, and everything. And, and let's also look at this from another perspective, guys, and that is the financial one in that um, they were going to take a hit anyway. And this is a cost-saving measure, too, for all the Big Ten schools because what was I going to pay you and I like six six $600,000, something like that, to come down and play? And and they were going to pay uh, Northern Illinois $1.1 million to come and play. So now they don't have to pay those that those uh, costs out. And um, I, it's it's a cost saving measure as well. I think just to uh, and it doesn't include you know having to hire people to you know uh, work the games and and that sort of thing. So it's it's a cost saving measure as much as anything. Tom, do you know if if um, like Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois or any school uh, that got caught up in this the uh, the conference only games? Do they have any legal recourse? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the contracts or not. And there's yeah, got to be an, an, like an not. act of God clause in there. Uh, I, I would yeah. think. Do you think there's any recourse? Could they? Could these schools potentially get somewhat of a payout? They might be able to, um, but I'm guessing there's probably the act of God that, that mm-hmm. uh, causes the the force majeure force thing. Majeure, that yep. Basically, it just voids the voids the contract. Um, It'd be interesting. I mean, if Iowa State wants to play, uh, and now Iowa doesn't play them, uh, play either of those schools, they could uh, potentially, you know, why why wouldn't Iowa State just schedule you and I now for one of those weekends? And, yeah, I guess if they need yeah, a game, but if if they don't need a game, why write the check if they don't? Yeah, yeah. We, we just, Big 12, obviously, they haven't made up their mind yet. You know what? Might we see Iowa and Iowa State, Tom, if, if we do go regionalized Bulls, and let's just say the Bulls are on, um, but they're not on in the cities that normally would host these games. If it's regional, you know, might Iowa and Iowa State play in St. Louis or, or head up north to, um, uh, what do they call it, the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, in yeah. the Twin Cities? Might we see those two schools play um, You know, in, in 2020 when, when everything's on the table? It would be great if, if that could be like just this added bonus fun game yeah. to, to have both schools play and put it on TV, make some money off of it. Um, I, I think that would be fantastic. I'm just not counting on it right now. I, I don't, it's just been, hasn't it just been a really downer week for Awful. if you're a sports fan? Yep. It's been uh, one thing after another. And, you know, I just I keep going back to the Ivy League. Remember when they pulled the plug on <laughs> yeah. the basketball tournament and every one of us raked them over the coals mm-hmm. and said, why are they doing this? And a couple of days later, we're like, okay, now we understand. Yeah. You know, it just that's that's kind of the warning sign that I I saw, and um, you know I I'm still going to be hopeful because we don't have a choice. Um, our schools don't have a choice. They have to play college football because 
they're already going to lose most of their gate receipts. And if they lose that TV check, then it's, it's you know, uh, asteroid hits Earth and dinosaurs disappear mm. kind of moment. Going to a spring schedule that's been bandied about, Kirk Ferentz, when he was asked about this, and well, I don't even remember how long it was. I want to say it was maybe in April when you guys had a chance to do a Zoom with him, yeah, whatever it was. Been. And he said, putting the players through the rigors of playing a spring schedule, which is that mean January to March, or does that mean March through June, whatever it is, and then come back in July, hey, get ready again because we're getting ready for football again. To compress two schedules together that close together seems untenable. At least Kirk Ferentz said that at the time. That's something that I haven't seen a whole lot of conversation pieces about here lately. Yeah, I think that's that's the emergency. That's in case of emergency break glass, right. uh, last resort option uh, for college football. I think they're going to pull out every stop possible to make a season work in the fall, but the other thing you're going to look at in the spring is every good player who is NFL draft eligible will not play nope. in a spring football. Yep. You will not see Justin Fields. You will not see Trevor Lawrence. You will not see Trey Lance. You, you know, whoever it is, the you know, all the star quarterbacks, Chuba Hubbard, not going to play. Yep. I mean, all those guys just not going to play. But how about guys on the fence? We'll use Amir Smith-Marset, who is going to be drafted, although he'd be out of eligibility. Uh, but a guy like of his caliber, uh, you know, when um, had this happened last year, when he could have left, but he, you know, there were so many good receivers in the draft. There's going to be some Jackson, guys. Like, there's, like yeah. Alaric Jackson. Right. He, what, is, is Alaric Jackson going to – he might play just because he wants to get some uh, better tape and yeah. uh, maybe help his status. But those guys that are like – the first, you know, our first round pick. They're gone. They're uh, not going to play guys, for sure. They're not going to play. Right. Yeah. They're just not going to play. And nor should they. No, I agree. I agree. Tom Kicker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, there is uh, so many different things that we go through. It seems like it changes all the time. Earlier this week, as Iowa does every week, announcing the number of positive cases of COVID 19, four of the five people tested, tested positive. I think we could connect the dots and just see, at least in. For that week, they're just testing people that are showing symptoms. Is probably that the most likely scenario you see? Yeah, I think that's what they're doing right now. Is they're they're not mass testing at all. They're just testing uh, those who are showing symptoms and probably those who are in contact with them. Uh, and a lot of the contact people, they just they just tell them we assume you're positive and put them in quarantine. They don't even test them. Um, so. That's been the real challenge from what I understand is it's just knocked out large swaths of guys. So if one guy tests positive in a workout group, there's like 10 guys in a workout group, all 10 guys are down. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. And they just assume that all those guys are positive. So they're not in there working out for a week or two weeks, 10 days, something, you know, however long that, that uh, this process is playing out. Tom Kaker from uh, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, basketball-wise, uh, I know that uh, Ferentz, I guess, has been Zooming. This is the new recruiting world. There's a kid uh, apparently uh, from uh, Louisville that uh, they are in on. What's uh, going on on the hardwood for, as far as recruiting? Yeah, they're still in on uh, Peyton Sanforth, uh, you know, and he's, uh, he's kind of just taking his time with his process. They're going to do a thing today, a little Zoom thing, Fran is with uh, – uh, Trey James, the kid out of Kentucky, who I talked to recently, and he is super high on Iowa. I it wouldn't shock me if that kid ends up 
commit and uh, just he he seems really enthralled with uh, with uh, Iowa right now. So um, I, you know he might end up being the first commit of the 2021 class. He's a talented kid, really developing a big kid, um, and he's a huge Luca Garza guy. So wow. I think that's really attractive to him. It doesn't hurt. Right? No, you get that uh, little carrot to throw out there. Now it'd be a lot easier. You bring him on campus, and you can actually meet Luca Garza? Maybe that would be something that could help. Alas, that's not where we are. You know, Bump it, elbows? Yes, right. Bump elbows at the very least. You know, Tom, uh, speaking of basketball, so much buzz about this team. The offseason that they've had will wait the decision, though most people anticipate Luca Garza's coming back. But with this announcement from the Big Ten, possibility maybe Big Ten decides in basketball, you know, we're going to go conference only. We're going to push back this season even more on the basketball side of things. How much do you think it is going to impact Luca Garza and his decision, will he or won't he come back? Yeah, I think if we're at the end of July and the Big Ten just says, you know what, there's just no way we're going to be able to play football this year, uh, then uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Luca just said, ah, I'm out then. Right. Uh, it doesn't look basketball. like we're going to play basketball either. And, and just make some money. Kinda, Sign, sign for with a pro team in, in Europe or whatever and go make some money and uh, not wait around. Um, I, Trent, you'll be happy to know, though, it, maybe they're just going to do conference-only games <laughs> yeah. for uh, college basketball this year so you don't have to complain about the uh, uh, non-conference schedule. Yeah, I, I won't have to holler about those games against Southern and North Carolina A&T. And, yeah, that'd be great. How, how about double round robin, 26 games? In. Do do it like the Big Twelve does, and there, there's your schedule right there. It'd be great if they can do that. There's there was some talk, but it seems like it's kind of calmed down now. That maybe they were going to try and move it up, move some games up to you know play in uh, October yep. and get some games in. But uh, now it seems like that's kind of calmed down a little bit, and it might not happen. But but I think with college football and basketball, you just kind of think outside the box right now and try to try to figure out a way to make uh, make the seasons work. I'm with you. That's why I, when Iowa State is bowl eligible, they can play in the U.S. Bank or in uh, in St. Louis. Last thing, Tom Caker, where's the Cyhawk game played next year? <laughs> I think it's probably going to be an aim. I do, too. I don't think, I don't, I don't think Jamie Pollard's giving up that home game. <laughs> no. Nope. Indeed. Tom no Caker. way. <laughs> no way, no indeed. No way. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Who knows what the week will bring. Uh, thanks, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk thanks, to you. Thanks, guys. Yep, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Ah, ten games. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see Iowa open the season with? It's going to be a division team. Wisconsin? You want to see that be the opener? No, I don't. Um, uh, Illinois. Illinois, yep. okay. So you ease into it there. Ease into it a little bit. Then yeah. Minnesota? Yep. Gophers after that. You want to have the last one be against Nebraska? Or I Wisconsin? do. I want to put Nebraska at the end. Towards the okay, yeah, so the, that the would be game of the, that'd be the sixth opponent. Yeah, fill in Northwestern. No, I actually I want them to open with Northwestern. Northwestern, you give me Northwestern week one. I think Illinois is going to be better than Northwestern. You do? I do. Ah, we're splitting hairs. Man, they're both five and seven to seven yeah, and five type around teams. There. Yeah. yeah, I think Fitzgerald well, has lost his touch. A little they, bit. they can't be five and seven to seven and five yeah, teams. They're only playing ten, 10 games. games, right? Oh, this is tough. Indeed. We'll come back, uh, wrap things up. Boy, oh boy, if you're a baseball player in Toronto, well, I'm not going to keep you through the break for this one. So the Blue Jays got to go back to Canada to play their games and to train. Don't have to go to Florida. Now. Don't have to go to Florida. They, they're allowed in the, they're allowed into the country. And as you know, the Rogers Center, Skydome, as it used to, they've mm-hmm. got a hotel. Yes. In the building, right? We've, we've seen people, uh, yeah, we in have those rooms. We have. Um, 
So that's where the team is staying. Okay. So they've built a bubble around what the, the, the building is called. Is it Rogers Center? Rogers yeah. Place, whatever it is. Um, regardless, if you leave the bubble as a Major League Baseball player and you're caught outside the bubble, you know what the penalties are? Ready for oh, this? I, what? You got to run some stairs? No. <laughs> no. You might be running some stairs to get away from the law. Okay. Oh. Three quarters of a million dollar fine. What? Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine, and there's more jail time. Oh, jeez! I'm gonna throw you in the clink. Well, I if mean, you leave the bubble because they were allowed back into the country, and then Canada didn't want their team. Yeah, they did not want. Um, it was, don't forget, you can't get across the border. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine for leaving the bubble. Jail time on top of it. They're playing for keeps up there. Now, Seven. they've only had 100,000 cases in the entire country. Not mm-hmm. as big a population. I get it. Um, but there are some big cities. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, 750,000. So you're saying don't leave the bubble. Right. 750,000. Not a $1,000 fine or a kangaroo court. Uh, it's a little different up there. We'll come back and wrap things up. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO and one. Free. Stop out to the Waukee Farmer's Market. The market features 30 vendors each week with live music. Stop by after a day of work and socialize while shopping local and enjoying tasty prepared food. For dinner, you can grab barbecue, Jamaican and Cajun food, burgers and hot dogs. The Waukee Farmer's Market, Wednesdays from 4 to 7 p.m. at Triangle Park on 6th Street and Ashworth Drive, Waukee. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of the week here for us today. Murph and Andy in at 2. The Fanatics at 4 tomorrow morning. Saturday morning pregame. Emery Songer and Sean Roberts. They get going tomorrow at 8 a.m. What have you got planned for the weekend? Don't know yet. Don't know exactly. Haven't been told yet. yet, Pretty pretty much. Uh We're uh, going through a renovation of a bathroom right now. My wife and her brother are doing that on their own and well, there'll be some little details that I'll have to clean up. I am not a handy person at no. all. That's why her brother came in to help out with the, nice. the big heavy lifting parts of things and installing and, and doing all that. But I also have to work on my bathroom a little bit, at least put in new flooring there. So that's uh, at the top of the list for the weekend. Tonight, got some high school baseball. Though. Yeah, and you're kind of stepping outside the box here. I love it. Yeah. Where are you going? Going to make my way north up to Woodward Granger as a really good team this year off to Another good start this season, and well, before we know it, next week will already be playoff time for mm. 1A and 2A. Next Friday, sub-state play begins in Class 4A, so we'll have some uh, games here. In fact, Indianola Valley will be our first playoff game uh, coming up for sub-state a week from today. But yeah, going to go up for Woodward Granger. Uh, know the athletic director. He was at Valley for a long time, Matt, and they've asked me to, in the past, go out. Never really worked schedule-wise. I was originally scheduled to be at Southeast Polk. But I've already seen the Rams twice this week. Yeah. And you know what happens. If, if I do 
Too you become many, the voice of the Rams. Yes, and then I get crap and Southeast I get people Boat mad. plays here yes, on KXNO. Yes. You know exactly how mm-hmm. that goes, Ken. So to stay away from that, we said we'd step out the box a little bit here on a Friday night. Should be a fun and one. And Woodward Granger is hosting whom? It is Sheridan coming nice. in for that one. You know, here's well, something. That's a road trip for them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. Do you know what conference Woodward Granger? I have no idea. It's them. It's Madrid. It's all those kind of smaller schools. It's the West Central Conference. I didn't even realize that was the name of that conference with all those different schools mm. in it until I was looking at the schedule and seeing if it, this would work out tonight. But yeah, the West Central Conference, that's nice. one. We seven o'clock? CIML, yeah. Seven o'clock, take the airwaves, uh, JV game at five, and then we'll jump on right at seven o'clock after the Fanatics here from four to seven tonight. They're working till seven? Well, they're not working till seven. I mean, right. you know better than that. And I do. They'll have something. They'll have something. And I don't blame them. Not a sure bit. if it'll be Emery running that final hour as he has been with High School mm. Insider uh, that they've done in the past. We've seen Emery also do some different things with his new podcast, but. They'll fill it up till I 7 I did his new podcast a couple of weeks back. You did. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, so you will have the championship games from Principal Park, correct? Yes, Once we yep. get to that point? We'll have the state tournament. Yep. We'll know the schedule until right before it, but we will get as many games as possible nice. here on KXNO. Well, here's hoping that things are going well at Principal Park. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we'll have to have uh, our buddy Randy Wayhofer. Because I think, didn't he say in August that that's when they're really going to get creative? I think that's the month. Because they're obviously high school baseball now. They're hosting those college all-star games. Yep. Uh, and that you can actually sit in a ballpark and, and drink a beer. How about that? Uh, what a concept, right? <laughs> it's like the old days. Right. Uh, and then August, they're going to get creative. I mean, we've heard that they're going to maybe, maybe, maybe um, the outfield to be able to have dinner. Order dinner, right? Bring your date and have dinner on the uh, on the field out in left field. So we'll we'll see what they're doing. But we'll have Randy Wayhofer on next week. How about you? Any big weekend plans? Not a damn thing, Trent. Watching golf, probably. Saw the yep. play was suspended today because of rain. Tiger next week. He's made it official that he will yeah. play. He put it on his Twitter feed. Uh, so that'll be fun next week. And then, again, two weeks from today, we'll be recapping opening night in baseball and previewing yeah. a full slate. Fingers crossed. Please, please let that happen. Indeed. All right, Murph and Andy, two fanatics at four. Monday will start with the morning rush at 6 a.m. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.